Today's conversation is, I feel like an imposture. Welcome to the Functioning Overthinkers Weekly Podcast. Here, we will discuss the healthy limits of overthinking and are reminded to not be anxious about anything, but to trust God in everything. I'm your host, Shanice Sadler. <laughs> hey there, fellow overthinkers. We are seven episodes deep. Seven. Isn't that crazy? I am elated. I am excited. I have been planning so much for this podcast and I am happy that you guys are receiving it well and that the conversations that we're having are fruitful and that you guys can apply it to your everyday lives. That's what this podcast is about to really, truly help you all with like life and navigating life as an overthinker. So don't forget to leave your feedback with us on our website at thefunctioningoverthinker.com where you could voice your areas of concerns. You could do it anonymously or you can choose to do it with your name so we can make mention of you throughout the podcast episodes. I want to better serve you. That said, let's dive into today's conversation. When it comes on to our professional life as overthinkers, we tend to feel like frauds. We tend to feel like imposters or phonies because we're comparing ourselves a lot to other people and we struggle with being perfect beings. We struggle with perfectionism. And yes, that's a real struggle as well. Um, a lot of people don't think that perfectionism is a struggle, but it actually is. When we start to explore perfectionism and being constantly doubtful, we are tapping into the ideology of imposter syndrome and what it means or what it feels like to be an imposter or made to wonder if you're truly, truly good enough. Thinking about being good enough stems from a feeling of lack of self-confidence or feeling of being unworthy, even wanting to be constantly in control of every situation is another sense of emotion that arises. Last week, we focused on the ebbs and the flows of life and knowing your limitations and understanding who you are as a person in order to build character and to grow. Now, with that in mind, I want you to focus on that and keep that thought of who you are as a person and what your limitations are, what your strengths are, because as we go through this conversation, we're going to flash back and we're going to connect the dots. The thing is, as overthinkers, we are still meant to exist in the professional space and to exceed just like everyone else. Not because your overthinkers mean that you'll have life more easy or that things will just fall in your laps. Or just people will understand that you're overthinkers and they'll just hand you over a silver platter. No, that's not what it is. We are meant to still exist in the space around us and to succeed just like everyone else. And because imposter syndrome is a thing that is not only limited to overthinkers, but it still exists. I want to explore what that means for overthinkers and understand how that affects someone that already worries excessively and how we can control our overthinking tendencies when we add imposter syndrome to the mix. Before we dive deep into that though, I want to first uncover 
what is imposter syndrome? What is this phenomenon? What are we talking about? Let's get into it. First thing that I want to say is that, which is a shocker to most of us, is that imposter syndrome is not a diagnosable mental illness. It is in fact, though, a cognitive distortion. A cognitive distortion is how we have shaped our minds with a series of irrational thoughts and how we reinforce these thoughts unknowingly over time that leads us to feel how we feel and how we perceive life and how we perceive others around us and even ourselves. So it's these series of thoughts that we have captured over time or we have exercised over time that cause us to feel inadequate one way or the other. When one experiences imposter syndrome, it is typically in areas of great success, which is weird, right? How can you be successful but is experiencing inadequacy? It, it doesn't add up. The math ain't mathing. So picture this. You are a successful person and you are making money or you're going places. You're even a motivational speaker to many persons, right? But inside, it doesn't matter all the external successes that you're having internally, you feel like you're lacking success. You feel like there's nothing going on in your life. You feel like there is so much you need to accomplish, but yet still you're accomplishing nothing. That struggle, that back and forth struggle is what imposter syndrome is because that back and forth struggle makes you end up feeling like a fraud or a phony, right? Because now you're, you're, you're doing all these things but something deep inside does not compute or believe all the external things that are happening. There's a disconnect along the way. And because of this disconnect, you feel as though you're being a fraud or somebody's going to figure you out because you're essentially finessing through life successfully. That's what you think. You don't think that your successes are attributed to anything that you know or who you are or just like your experience in life. You just think it's pure luck or just pure blessings, which is good. But you have to also believe that, you know, you are worthy of that. You have contributed to those successes. And once you don't believe that, then you're experiencing imposter syndrome. Sounds all confusing, I know. But many of us are experiencing this, including myself. We are experiencing this feeling and we don't know what it is. And so having this conversation today, I hope will connect the dots for many of us to understand what it is. What is this feeling that we're trying to shake and how we can get over it and the things that we can do to put in place to properly manage it, right? Because what happens is one of the results of not really understanding the set of emotions and what we're experiencing is that we mistake this cognitive distortion as having humility. But there's a difference between being humble and not feeling as though you're unworthy of success. Humility is knowing that you add value, but you're not being cocky about it. Imposter syndrome is when you feel like you're not making sense at all or that you're inadequate. So you're, you're not believing that you add value at all. You just feel like you're just going through life through mere luck. That is it. Because this phenomenon is not widely known, 
Let's think about some of the examples and explore the legitimacy of what it is. Because I just, I don't want to just tell you guys what this phenomenon is. I want to walk you through real life examples to kind of be relatable on this subject area. Because again, it's not widely known or a lot of people don't talk about imposter syndrome. There are two common examples of imposter syndrome that I want to speak on today. The first one being the fear of starting your own business. As someone with multiple businesses, <laughs> well, when we put it like that, I really just have two businesses, but yeah. As someone with two businesses, launching a new business is one of the most daunting tasks. Like there's so much you need to think of. There is research that you need to do. There are analysis that you need to perform. You have to do your business plan. You have to think about your why. You have to think about how much of a value you can add in that area. There's just so much that you need to think about. And a lot of persons find these tasks to be daunting, right? Because it's a lot. Besides the monetary input that goes into planning these stages of, um, you know, business and launching and all that, a lot of people do not realize that a lot of it also rests on the mental aspect as well. You have to shift your mindset if you want to achieve what you set out to achieve. The truth is, when you do market research on anything that you're interested in, you would quickly, quickly, quickly realize that there are many persons that are doing the same thing that you want to do. Because of that, you might become overwhelmed because you're struggling to think about, okay, what can make me different? If Tom, Dick, and Harry is doing the same business, have the same business structure, what can I do to break into that market, to tap into that market? And because you start to see so many people being successful and the market is saturated, you think that you're not needed. You don't need to start because why, you know? As I tell everyone that has expressed to me that they want to start a business, even if 1 billion people are in the field that you want to be in, you are yet to join the ring. Everyone's capability of doing something is always, always, always going to be different because of the combination of your experience as well as your personality and your know-how, your business structure is going to be different. Even if the main aspects are the same, the underlying like small differences or the details of things is what makes you different. Let's think about that. Let's dwell on that, right? For example, there are many barbers. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> you know, everywhere you drive, everywhere you walk, every square mile, there is a salon. There is a barber shop. They all can do hair. They all can trim. They all can shave. They all can cut hair. Whatever it is that you want, I'm pretty sure there's someone in those barber shops or that hair salon that can handle whatever task that you want, right? And so if you do have a last minute, last minute request, like you have to go on a vacation or you have a graduation to attend, you pretty much can do that at last minute because there are so many barbershops or hair salon that you can go to. However, right, there are many of us that still have or barbers or, or hairdressers that we always call. We will stay in that wait list or that line to access that hairdresser because that's the one that we want to go to, even though there are millions <laughs> of other people that we can go to. We tend to stick to that one person. 
No one else is as loyal to their barbers as men or women are. Like barbers are the ones that get recurring clients coming back every single time. They retain their clients because people don't want to try anyone new. People want to go to the reliable source. They want to go to the person they know is going to give them the result that they want. They don't want to really tamper with things that they already know what's going to, you know, give them the result that they want. Because there is something about that person's service that keeps us going back for more, we keep going back for more. So now when you apply that to your life, just think about that, right? There's someone that is going to keep coming back to you. There is somebody that requires your touch. There is someone that requires your know-it-all. There is someone that requires you. Just that's the truth, right? And you won't know until you dive into that space. You won't know what you can bring to that table until you bring something to the table. So until you tap into your business ventures, you're not going to know what fruits may be rewarded from that, right? So people are scared to start their own businesses because they feel like they do not know enough or they do not know it all. And the truth is you may never know it all. That's just the truth. A lot of people start businesses and they know just enough for that season in their lives. So when they are ready to pivot or grow or scale, they know as they grow and they know as they scale. You will not know enough when you're just starting out. Not that you shouldn't do your research, not that you shouldn't know the fundamentals, not that you shouldn't know what you're discussing or wanting to talk about, but trying to know a hundred percent of whatever it is that you're trying to tap into, unless it's the medical field, it, you're just not going to know it all. And that's just the truth. You may think that you're not worthy of having someone pay for your service because you're not a millionaire status as yet to teach anyone, let's say about financial literacy, or if you have, um, if you don't have flawless skin, you think that you can't sell skincare products because I don't have flawless skin. That's where the feeling of fraud comes in or the feeling of being a phony comes in. And the thing to know is that if you're seriously experiencing growth in any particular area of life and you have a wealth of knowledge under your belt, it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. It doesn't matter if your skin is not flawless. The most important thing is that you have seen tremendous growth in your skin. There was a point A where your skin was, let's say, very bad, but now you're at a point B where your skin is even better. And that gap in points is where the wealth of knowledge lies, is what you can share. So it don't matter where you are in your journey, there is a place for you in entrepreneurship if that's what you desire. No one company or business has one person in charge of it forever. As you scale, you will hire people for different areas and these people will have that skill set that you don't have. These people will have the know-it-all that you don't have. And that is where, you know, you have product managers for a company. That's where you have fulfillment teams. That's where you have service teams because you as a CEO or a founder can't play all the cards. You need help. You need persons to step in and to fill that gap. 
So just starting out your business, you will probably be the main pilot. But when you have that successful business plan and you know where your business trajectory lies, then you put things in place to firm up some of the areas that you don't know and to firm up some of the things that you're lacking in. But until then, you work with what you know and you work with the wealth of knowledge that you have and you work that. You work it until you can't work it anymore. Now, the second one that I want to highlight is So we talk about starting your own business or the fear of starting your own business. But the other one is being promoted at your job. This is another instance where we all experience imposter syndrome. Being promoted at your job means that someone views you as doing everything that you need to write. You're exceeding expectations every single time or majority of the time. However, internally, you feel as though you're not successful or that there is someone else that is better at it than you are. So essentially, you're telling these people, right, that look at you and say, hey, you would be a great chief product manager. And you're like, no, I don't think so. I think Jim will be better at this position because one he speaks well, or two, he has an MBA, or three, he's always in every company meeting and every happy hour. And a lot of people talk to him and a lot of people like him. He's sociable. Like you're listing all these great things about Jim because you just don't think that you're worthy of that position. Right. And that's honestly sad. And two, we have to snap out of that because Having lack of self-confidence is what causes us to stay in the, the place that we are. It causes stagnancy. And when you're stagnant, you feel as though over time, your life isn't going anywhere and there's just no purpose to life. And then that opens up a whole other can of worms and things that we are trying to avoid, right? But all in all, when you're being promoted at your job because you are experiencing imposter syndrome, you are pushing that away. You are trying to give it to someone else. You internally feel as though you're not worthy of this position and someone else will be better at it. These are some real life examples of imposter syndrome. And there are others, of course, but these are the two that I want to highlight because we're talking about professionalism this episode. What really causes imposter syndrome though? So we know of examples. We know what it is. What causes it? Since it is a cognitive distortion and not a diagnosable mental illness, we will look at the things that shape our lives and what causes these reinforced perceptions. Some of these experiences includes but isn't limited to our family upbringing, so how we were raised. Typically, if you're from a family of overachievers, There are a lot of expectations placed on you to be a certain way or, you know, you have to get certain things done. So that's one extreme. Or if you're the first in your family to be a success and you then become the main breadwinner, you have a lot of responsibilities as well placed on you to get things done. So how your family setting is and who you are in your family and what your contribution in your family means can have you in that 
imposter syndrome mentality because then you're either striving to become an overachiever, which is another um, form of imposter syndrome, or you then become um, very self, you, you doubt self, which is another form of imposter syndrome. So one out of the two can result in your family upbringing. Another factor is your personality, how you secure your mental and emotional um, health and how you view success, your motivations and your self-efficacy. So all these different points make up your personality and who you are and what your, you know, your morals, your ethics are, which all embodies what you stand for as a person, which can result in perfectionism or it can result in self-doubt or anxiety, which are other forms of imposter syndrome. There are other types, of course, and I want you guys to, after this episode, to look up the other types or forms of imposter syndrome to see what really resonates with you the most and what you have experienced or is experiencing to know how you can overcome or control or manage those tendencies. Now that you know what it is, now that you know what causes it, how can you deal with imposter syndrome? So one of the things that I always talk about on this podcast is to always write down your feelings. So writing it down, write down everything that you're going through mentally. So have your journal every day at end of day. If you want to write down like all the things that you have thought about throughout the day or things that you remember, of course, because you may not remember every single detail of things, but just writing it down. Um, Accounting for the day is a good practice. Sharing your thoughts and your feelings with others. When you share your thoughts with others, you become accountable and people can now know what you're going through and they can also extend grace and just knowledge and advice to you. Don't feel um, like it is a, a bad thing to really have that person that you can trust and that you can talk to because we all need that partner. We all need that mentor. We all need that friend that we can bounce ideas off of and that we can really be vulnerable with. Because again, we are not perfect beings and we do need a safe space to really offload some of the things that we want to hear feedback on. Another thing is to assess your abilities. I know I've mentioned this before in a lot of other episodes and earlier in this episode is to know who you are. And I keep repeating that because it's important to know your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. So do a SWOT analysis on yourself to know exactly who you are. Because when you understand who you are, you won't find yourself in certain situations or you won't find yourself doing certain things because you would have known what your limitations are and you would have known what your circumstances are. And just tapping into who you are as a person is a strength within itself. Fourth point is to stop comparing yourself to the point where you do not allow yourself to grow. So it's always healthy to see things that you want to accomplish in others. If you have a friend that is successful in one area of their lives, it's okay to say, you know what? I would like that same success in mine. But do not allow yourself to compare to the point where you are nitpicking and you're essentially just not being productive in striving for that 
or working toward that goal. You're just putting yourself down at that point. Do not compare yourself to that point. Have healthy reasons of comparison and be honest with yourself. And through doing your SWOT analysis, you can better appropriate timelines for your growth. Now, the last point I want to make mention of is refuse to let these feelings hold you back. So once you've notated them, once you've spoken about them, assess them and keep moving. So even though you know what they are, you've spoken about what they are, keep moving after you have made your assessment. Because the point of weathering the storm and to managing your imposter syndrome tendencies or even your overthinking tendencies is not to acknowledge what they are and to know your limitations, but then have it hold you back. That's not the aim of the game here. It's just knowing what they are, but finding ways to keep pressing on, finding ways to surpass what these limitations are by setting timelines, by setting goals, by doing all of that. But the key thing here is never to let it hold you back. So even if it takes you six months to overcome something, you're still overcoming in some shape, fashion, or sense. But do not let, you know, do not sit on it and have it overwhelm you or defeat you by not doing anything to press past your limitations. Woo! I know that was a mouthful, but the truth is I am genuinely passionate about this topic because I have experienced this. I am experiencing this. And even in my professional life, it's something that I have constantly battled with. And I know the feeling of having successes and doing what you do, but deep down, there is something that is telling you, hey, this is not because of you or you didn't attribute anything to this success. It's all just luck or it's just all grace from God. It's just telling you that, hey, there's nothing that you've done to to cause this to happen or contributed this to happen. And I know that a lot of other people out there are like myself. And that's why I advocate or I speak on imposter syndrome a lot because, again, it's not widely known and people don't know what to attribute these feelings to. You are worthy of success and you are worthy of being successful. Do not allow yourself to stand in the way of yourself. That's key takeaway here. Do not allow yourself to stand in the way of yourself. So thank you guys for tuning into this message. Do not forget to subscribe and to leave a review to let me know what resonated with you the most. Next week, we are going to dive into the conversation, I will fail, they will laugh, which is a segue from this conversation. All the episodes are segues from the previous episode. So if you're listening to this, um, episode, but you have never listened to any other episode that I've done, feel free to go back in the stack and to just catch up with some of the other topics that I've spoken about, because there are some nuggets together from each topic or each episode or each conversation. And until next time, stay functioning. You are bomb. Bye.